Bounce FM, wheeling into your ears. Bounce FM. Mr. DJ, where are you? Bounce Effect with DJ Choppers. Hello, you're now in the safe hands of DJ Choppers. See you on the Bounce Effect uh, in your sound speakers. Going into your ears, so we can uh, keep the quality of mind this week. Keep that fun. You're pleasing the music for you, and today I've got a very special guest for me. Uh, my friend Ray Carpenter's on my Unicast. And then I got the Masters. So, yeah, that's what he's going to be choosing his stranded songs. And then we're going to be stranded on a desert island, so. Yeah, a really interesting interview. We didn't actually go that the other day, but it, it is really going to be a very long one. Not long in a good way, really, very informative and really interesting chat. So, this week on the DJ Chopper Show 11, we're going to start with the time machine in a few moments, and then we've got Stranded Songs with five great tracks, and then 
Wait, we just got one song to play out there. No vinyl swap chop this week, I'm afraid. But I'm sure you'll enjoy the interview as well. So, yeah, and uh, the, the time is going to be right, a, a lot shorter this week. It's going to be five songs instead of ten, so. It's uh, a little bit condensed, but I think with the, with the interview being really good. And there isn't a lot to, that needed cutting out of it, to be honest, because if you cut anything out, you're missing really interesting stuff, so. Yeah, I just thought I'd get rid of the swap shop and then bring the the time machine in at the start a bit, a bit of a shorter one. So yeah, that's what we're doing this week. And last week, I hope you really enjoyed the show as well. And last week it was, of course, the TV ads take five. Yeah, podcast, which I did a Thursday about from. And then I always meant to bring it back, but I, I was obviously waiting for a good moment. In the start of December, I thought, what, what a great moment. We've got all these great you know, Christmas updates out of the minute with some great tunes on. And you only, you only hear 20 seconds of them, so... Yeah, I thought I'd, I'd do that, play on a lot of the Christmas updates. And then just a few normal updates in between, but... Yeah, so that was a really good fun show, and I think that, that is a thought that, that could come back. So, yeah, and then yeah, we've got loads of shows coming up, with it being Christmas. My birthday next week, so, yeah, there's loads of shows to come. Well, yeah, this week is we uh, the DJ Chappie Show 11. It's on the first DJ Chappie Show of year four. So, yeah, we'll just go into the time machine now. So, we're now in the Botsdam TARDIS, which stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Songs. So, it's a, a musical, a, a journey back through time through music. So, just uh, in case you've not heard the time machine before, which I do try and do once a month. So the, the parts from Time Machine is where I put, yeah, 1953 to 2023 into the Time Machine and it chooses a year at random which it will take us back to then whichever year it chooses and I will play songs from that year and I'll also tell you some interesting news articles from that particular year and what that particular is famous for but I want to need your help to work out which year we are in so we don't get trapped in the past and we don't want that and then the the Maltzland TARDIS will be taking us through the stratosphere on a journey back through time and space in a musical sense so now while we do that I've got I've got all the the retirement scene set up and ready. All the dials, buttons, and switches are all present and correct. So, all I have to say now is, is to pull this lever on the right, press this big red button on the left, 
But before we set off, I've just got some housekeeping to get you ready for the journey. So please make sure you get your seatbelts on because it is a bumpy ride traveling through time and space. And well, so please keep your arms and legs in the time machine at all times. If for whatever reason you see your younger self, under no circumstances should you approach them. Because it would be detrimental to yourself in the present and in the future. It could also alter the future in a phenomenon called the butterfly effect. So, them are the rules. So, without further ado, let's get our journey underway and see where it's going to take us. So, please enjoy your amazing journey back through time. And I'll see you on the other side. So, here we are. We've made it. So, I hope you're all in one piece. And you didn't think that too much of a rough ride, but... Yeah, we're here now, but I don't know what year we've gone back to. But one thing to do before we go to the music. And if you're feeling uh, a bit unwell or a bit sick, don't worry. Get, get in what comes. When you travel through time, so don't worry about that. It'll soon pass. Then yeah, so yeah. So on the dashboard, it's come up to say that this is very vague actually today what it's saying so this year was famous for the conviction of notorious Nazi fugitive Nicholas Barbie for war crimes during World War II the first appearance of the Simpsons and Margaret Thatcher's retention of a role as Prime Minister of Britain oh, that's what he's telling us now. Then I got a couple of clues here for you, which uh, might help you. So, on the 23rd of February, the first, the first naked eye supernova since 1604 is observed. And then on the 25th of July of this year, the East Lancashire Railway, a heritage railway in the northwest. Of England is open between Bury and Ramsbottom. An interesting fact about the East, Lan the East Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway is what Manchester United was original name was Newton Heath L and Y R. So the the, the uh, Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway Company, the railway company, and yeah, so that's very interesting. And then, uh, right, well, it's a bit, like, nothing to do with this year. That's probably over 100 years since that, anyway. So the first two songs I've got to play for you is April Skies by The Jesus and Mary Chain. And then we've got Lisa, Lisa and Colt Jam with Head to Toe. So, these are very vague clues that I've given you today, but... No, these are really two really good tracks, actually, so... Hopefully you know what years these came out, you can help us uncover what year we've come back to. But first, here is the Jesus and Mary chain 
followed by Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam.
And that was uh, two great tunes there to start off the time machine this week. Really good top track them too. I think they, uh, they sound really good. I've never, never heard that second one before, but... Yeah, it's uh, definitely a good song. But, yeah. So, now the, the next two... Um, clues... <laughs> is on the 23rd of October this year, Champion Jockey, Lester Piggott, holder of an OBA, is jailed for three years after being convicted of tax evasion. And then on the 1st of December, construction of the Channel Tunnel is initiated. And I think that crew will definitely yeah, I'll give you a helping hand in what the year it is. I can't see what year it is, but why are you thinking about that? I've got three more songs, the three last songs in the time machine. Then we've got Fake by Alexander O'Neill. The Breakfast Club with Right on Track. And then Fleetwood Mac with Little Lies, which is a great tune. And the other two are really good as well. I mean, the fake one by Alexander O'Neill, but the uh, Breakfast Club's new to me as well, so. Yeah, three good tracks coming up, so enjoy these three, and I'll be back with you.
The great sounds of Fleetwood Mac there with Little Lies. Really good tune, that. Uh, finish off the time machine. Yeah, can't beat that there, Fleetwood Mac, though, I think. Never yeah, covered so many areas, so many genres, I think. One of the most versatile bands out there for me. Um, no, yeah, that's the end of the time machine. Um, no, yeah, I'll give you all the clues of all the songs, so. Hopefully, you've got the year by now. So, if you said the 80s, you're in the right era. What? If you said early 80s, you're still cold. Late 80s, you're getting warmer. It was, if you said 1988, you'd be wrong. If you said 1986, you'd be wrong. It was actually 1987. So, if, if you wait the year out, well done. But if you haven't, I think. You need to get revising for the next show. Oh yeah, hope you enjoyed it though. Hope you enjoyed this farm again. I always think it's good fun. I love doing all the sound effects. I'm just that scene picking out songs that I wouldn't have played before. Which is always uh, a good fun. So, the next part of the show is going to be Stranded Songs with my good friend Rafe Comp. So, I'll uh, play the jingle <laughs> and I'll see you on the other side I'll see you in Stranded Songs Bounce FM wheeling into your ears Bounce FM Bounce FM Stranded Songs Bounce FM Hello and welcome to Stranded Songs with me DJ Choppers on Bounce FM so we're on Stranded Songs now so we went to uh, the time machine earlier on in the show now we're in Stranded Songs, so, so I'll just start with giving you a rundown of the format so you know what to expect. So each time I do a Stranded Songs, I will have a special Stranded guest, which could be you, one of my fabulous listeners. So each guest will have the opportunity to choose five tracks they simply couldn't live without if they were unfortunate enough to be stranded on a desert island. They also get to choose a book that became a film and a luxury item. And then also a few questions in between as we get to know the guest a little bit better. So, uh, this week I've got uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Rafe Connor, who I was at uni with, so, so we'll do it. Well, introduce yourself and draw something interesting about yourself. Uh, hello, Mark. Uh, what a joy to be on Stranded Songs with you today. Um, yeah, we met doing a Masters at Salford University. Something interesting about me, uh, in 1996, I converted a Victorian public toilet into a bar in the centre of Manchester. Uh, it's still open, uh, called The Temple. Uh, go down and have a drink. Uh, Connor's the manager there at the moment. Uh, lovely fellow. 
Yeah, thank you, so, um, yeah, well, just an icebreaker. If, if you could be an animal, what would you be? Um, a squirrel. Squirrel! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what's got? Why would you be a squirrel one? They look like they have such a brilliant time. I mean, they do like, kind of panic a They're bit. They're quite clever as well, actually. They're really clever, they're really athletic, unlike me. Um, and uh, the grey squirrels, you know, uh, they don't hibernate, they're out all year round. And I wouldn't say I'm envious of the squirrel life, uh, but they do look like they're um, uh, having a great time, a great squirrely time. They play, they fight, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, like, like real life. Really. Yeah, totally. Um, well, what would you what, what would you rather go to a, a gig like music or watch a movie at the cinema? Um, well, I went to see Napoleon recently, and I guess I'd rather have gone to a gig. Oh, really? <laughs> Is it that bad? It's just it's a, another missed opportunity, unfortunately. Uh, I think as far as storytelling goes. Yeah, um, and I think with uh, with with like live music, I think you get a buzz after it. Whereas when you when you see a really good film, you're not buzzing after it. You just it's like pause a good film. But then when you when you see a music gig, you actually listen to that band there. It's a long time since I've been to see a film and come out in that kind of slightly bewildered. You know, yeah. where you feel like you've really been transported to a different place. Yeah, uh, that's what you know, music does, I think. Well, I think a really great film can do that as well. Um, but I know oh, what you yeah. mean about live music. I've got a friend, actually, who was on uh, the Masters at the same time as us. Yeah. Uh, she was doing animation when we were doing documentary. Yeah. Um, I got friendly with her, uh, and she's in a band called Glimmer Pit, uh, like this crazy uh, punk band. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to see them, and that's a lot of fun. That is, that really is like while you're while you're there in the gig, you're not doing anything yeah, else. You're, yeah, you're not thinking about anything else, not worrying, you know. Yeah, and I think that's why punk's up the good genre. Yeah, it does transport you, doesn't it? Oh, she's so funny, <laughs> really. Yeah, uh, dead good. I'll I'll send you some stuff actually. Uh, They've not recorded anything yet. I hope they record something. Uh, and when they do, I'll get something over to you. Oh, yeah, that sounds like I'll be good, that then. And then, uh, would you rather... A um, similar question, but... Would you rather listen to music or watch a film at home? Well, I think, you know, lockdown, we that's all we did, really, wasn't it? Was watch films, listen to music, read, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I wouldn't want to give either of them up. No, yeah, you can't live without them both. No, but, no, but, I mean... I guess uh, I was just saying to you, I, I just treated myself to uh, go to ad free on YouTube <laughs> because I spent so much time going down YouTube rabbit holes um, that I felt like I was receiving too much advertising. Uh, it's like the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, um, it does allow Yeah, but I do, I absolutely love YouTube. I don't really watch much telly. Um, yeah, like I used to listen to like Game of Thrones last on YouTube but then you listen to it to go to sleep with so that's really you got and like Joris will have the blade down your ear yeah and then you're awake again so so what's what, what's that like uh, one of those it's like uh, well like the um, 
Jojo and Martin wrote a lot of books on the line of Game of Thrones as well, like. Right. And it's like very interesting, like, it's amazing how much that guy's part of. Not half. I read, I read one of his books, I read one of the, uh, like, um, uh, not in the series of the Game of Thrones, but a, uh, a different story around, set in the same world. Oh, like House of the Dragon, I think. Can't remember. I read, started, was it the start of the Targaryen dynasty? Or? I have no idea. I honestly can't remember. Yeah. It's like 700 pages or 800 oh, yeah. pages. But loads like... of it was like about heraldry and, uh, you know, this kind of thing, like the the quality of the metal that was used in the armour of really going into a lot of detail, uh, yeah. which, you know, I guess is what's made it's made the TV good series show, so yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, that's not really true, actually. Yeah. So have I got away with that without committing myself to preferring either of those no no that's right that's good is that right yeah. good and now that we've uh, known a little bit about what makes you tick um, can you please tell me about the first of your five songs okay so why have you chosen this one so I've gone with the jazz one to start with. oh okay right so um, uh, my dad died about 18 months ago uh, I've been thinking about him a lot um, and uh, one of the things that I remember most fondly is on a Sunday when I was little or, or I don't know, a young teen, uh, we, uh, we'd go to things like collector's fairs, we'd go out on a Sunday afternoon, have a run out uh, in his old Jag XJ6 and he'd put Radio 2 on and sing along. Yeah. and he had a massive record collection and going through his record collection um, this guy leapt out really and kind of made me think differently about music you don't think when you hear this tune it doesn't sound eight years old it sounds really fresh yeah. I think oh that's good when it's and the musicianship as well when it stands the test of time yeah yeah that's uh, that sure it's a good song really is yeah, so we'll, we'll play this and then we'll uh, come back with some more questions. So uh, enjoy uh, Django Reinhardt with After You've Gone. Thank you. 
Yeah, really good choice there, that song, thanks. Thanks for bringing that new track to Baltimore. Well, um, uh, if anyone's interested, I mean, uh, the quintet at the Hot Club of Jazz, Django Reinhardt, playing with Stefan Grappelli. Um, yeah. I guess one of the standout songs for me is Limehouse Blues. Uh, and it just sounded like they were having so much fun playing. Um, and, you know, um, um, a gypsy with an amazing background. Uh, Stefan Grappelli was orphaned. Uh, you know, also a, an amazing history. Um, so, yeah, certainly I recommend it. Yeah, definitely a lot. Good. Have a look at that. Mm. Now, please tell me what your earliest memory of music is. Um, well, I'll tell you, so my mum was a producer for the BBC and when I was 11, um, she was working on a TV show called Seven to One where they got a famous person and uh, then seven young people got to ask that famous person questions and one of them was Bob Geldof. Yeah. So my mum got tickets to go and see the Boontown Rats at the Apollo in 1979 when I was 11 years old. So that was my yeah. first gig. The punks down the front were ripping up the seats and passing them over their heads so they could have, build a bigger mosh pit. Uh, the sax player came on and gobbed on the audience. You know, it was a real education. That. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like my first musical memory. Uh, but it's the first gig I went to, and it's obviously really memorable yeah, moment. Yeah, very vivid in your memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now, now it's time for your second track. Don't know why you've chosen this one. Um, yeah. Okay, so, damn you, Mark Chapman. You gave me a real challenge <laughs> uh, finding five tracks. And. Because of my age, the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, were just an absolute goldmine of music. Um, I mean, you know, we've got uh, uh, The Smiths, uh, Madness, uh, The Jam, uh, all kinds of uh, The Undertones, you know, uh, a sim uh, New Order. It seemed like every week top of the pops would reveal yeah. some song that we're still listening to now i mean you should you should be jealous if you're not jealous you should be because that period was just absolutely amazing and i was trying to think of a song that summed up that era the most or you know exemplified what was going on in the creativity and i love two-tone i played one step beyond the album to death um, and the, another album that I played to death was The Specials by The Specials um, and so I chose that what went out as the single version the 7 inch of Too Much Too Young by The Specials yeah and it is really good it's a really good song to be fair as well yeah political as well um, you know it was a song that um, made me think about what was happening for young people in culture, beginning of Thatcher, you know, early 80s. Um, uh, young people having to fight harder um, uh, to live the lives that they wanted to live. But we had, what, what a guy, Terry Hall, you know. What a guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Kelly's son did not want to win his Yes. 
Yeah. Not his uh, left, left behind the flowing rate of amazing songs anyway, so. Yeah, he's a great loss. Not a lot to... We're losing a lot of them folk at the moment. From so, in the last few years, we've lost a lot of big big uh, day musicians, haven't we, which is quite sad, but... My generation, in a lot of ways, I think of my generation, they call it Generation X or whatever. Um, so people who were are now were born between okay. about 1960 and about 1968. Um, they're pegging out. There's a lot of drug addiction, a lot of depression, uh, a lot of, ha- they absolutely hammered it um, in the 20th century. And they're paying the price. We're losing a lot of good folk at the moment. It's... Uh, yeah. It's it's sad, sad. Yeah, like, yeah, it is. And like, I've got a weird, quite a weird story because when, like, um, there was the, the weekend David Bowie died, so I thought I don't listen to David Bowie enough. So got loads of his music on, and then it's on the Sunday I think it was, and then the music died. I'm like, I'm, I'm a curse. It was very strange, like to get into the music and all of a sudden his his like popped his clothes. It's a bit weird, isn't it? There ain't no coincidences, brother. Yeah, after God, I think after happens for a reason. Yeah, so I'm a firm believer of fate. Anyway. Yeah, and well, I think you know, uh, not to get too immediately uh, old hippie get on you, but um, uh, I do think that the universe is a vibration. Um, uh, everything oh, no, interacts with everything that, else. That, yeah. yeah. Um, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I'm trying yeah. to work out at the moment. I've, I've met five Jakes in the last two weeks, and I'm trying to work out what that means. Yeah, it's actually got a meaning. Yeah, something, something. It's got to mean something, hasn't it? Like what? Another Jake? What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, so I'll get the, the specials on with Too Much Too Young, which is a, a great track. And, uh, I think it's um, another new track to bounce from. I've played quite a lot of the specials, but not this one before, so yeah, another one for... Well, this, but, ma- this smashed it. I, I'm sure that this was number one for ages. Yeah, I, I reckon it was. So yeah, we'll get, get this on and we'll come back with some more questions.
Uh, yeah, I bet this bust is out of that. Yeah, very good tune that I'd... Yeah, two very good ones to start off Stranded Songs, so... Yeah, no, like, I meant to know that it was honestly course at uni and stuff, and... So, like, I just wanted to ask you more about, like, what your projects are, and... No, I know we've got a joint one coming up, haven't we, so... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, working out um, a film that we can make together. Um, I think that we've got a good project going. Um, I've not got a huge amount on at the moment. I guess um, some of the things that I've done recently that are on my YouTube channel, go to the RaveCon on YouTube and please like and subscribe everything. Uh, uh, please subscribe and like everything on there. Um, but I made a film about uh, Len Johnson. There was a, uh, a black British boxer uh, called Len Johnson who was denied a title, uh, a shot at the title, uh, because there was a colour bar at the time um, in the 30s and 40s. And there's a campaign to build a statue for him. He was from Manchester, uh, lived in Moss Side, and I think in Clayton as well. Um, and uh, there's a group who are organising a fundraising and awareness campaign for uh, the Len Johnson Memorial. And they had a football match uh, at FC United uh, and Andy Burnham played and they got a load of other uh, celebs that I'd never heard of uh, playing as well, uh, including uh, Lady Ice and various other people. So that's a, there's a little film of that that I made. That's on my YouTube channel. Uh, very proud of that. Um, and I've done since our course. Um, I've been fortunate enough to do some uh, funded projects. Uh, so I did a project on the Cornbrook, uh, which people might know in Manchester. There's, there's a tram station, uh, Cornbrook tram station. Um, but that's named after a hidden river, uh, the River Cornbrook, which yeah. is still there, but it's in a tunnel, it's in a pipe under the road, and it runs all the way from about Ashton down uh, underneath the university, yeah. uh, Upper Brook Street, and through Hume and Moss Side, and it empties out into the Ship Canal. And even though the river's not been there, not not being above ground for nearly 200 years it still influences the architecture around it yeah. Um, yeah. so we made a film about that which I'm really proud of um, and I guess what's my biggest hit my biggest hit I made a film about um, Peter Lou a six minute film that's on my YouTube channel uh, with a guy called Paul Fitzgerald uh, who wrote a graphic novel about Peter Lou um, so yeah do go and have a look at my YouTube channel and there's all kinds of stuff on there uh, what I'm working on at the moment I'm helping out on a project um, which is a documentary about a guy called Alan Wise who was really instrumental in the Manchester music scene uh, around the time of Tony Wilson and Factory Records uh, he was a promoter so he promoted like the Buzzcocks Joy Division a lot of those bands and um, uh, he died a few years ago and his ex-partner is a friend and she's asked me to help do some documentary do some interviews and stuff 
um, which so amazingly I interviewed Bernard Sumner um, a few weeks ago uh, which was really exciting so you know doors were opening then you know we learned skills didn't we on the course oh, yeah, you know well because of Covid you couldn't really take advantage of them so. well so also on my YouTube channel um, because of lockdown um, when that first started I uh, live with my mum who is now 86 and is amazing um, but I did a series of films called Not Killing Mum so for the first three weeks of lockdown I made a film every day the, yeah. I- the idea was I couldn't really go out and do anything or volunteer or help or see, even see my mates really in yeah. case I brought the virus back and killed oh, my yeah, mum yeah. so the goal of th- the whole of lockdown was to not kill my mum yeah. so those films are up there as well Oh yeah, well, uh, is it just your name on YouTube? Is it Rafe Con R A F E C O N N, and it's uh, it's black type in in a uh, red circles. Uh, if you're old enough to remember Lucky Strike cigarettes, uh, I knit the logo from Lucky Strike uh, and put my name in the middle. So yeah. go and have a look. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, put the um, link up and then you can have a look. Yes. Well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really hoping to get up to a thousand subscribers so I can start doing live streams. Uh, I've done quite a lot of live streaming in the past um, and it's something that I'd like to do. I've mainly done live streaming to Facebook, uh, but Facebook just doesn't seem to be very functional these days and no one sees your stuff anymore. Uh, so I'd much rather put it on my YouTube channel. So do us a favour, do subscribe because there's a reason for it. You know, yeah, it does help. It really helps. And then, so when when you're not working on projects and uh, whatever else, what what do you like to get up to in your day off? Um, I love hanging out. There's a new bar in Withington called Cafe Blah, uh, which I absolutely love. I recommend anybody to go there. Uh, A kind of really artsy, creative space. Uh, They kept the prices low, uh, so the community can go in, have a coffee for a couple of quid, uh, and sit there. But they do film screenings. Um, uh, they do. Uh, they've got an open art exhibition at the moment, so they're showing. Uh, they've got loads of um, uh, artists have brought their work in uh, uh, to display and also to sell. Um, and obviously, they charge a little commission for that. But it's a really well curated, well organised. Um, uh, they do a brilliant job. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm a City fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to apologise, Mark, no, uh, for being a City project. fan. Someone's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't really talk at the minute, can I? My team, my team can be winning 3 one and throw it all away, so... Yes, and we can be losing 2-0 and win 3-2. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, I was fortunate enough, so I've got two older brothers out. Well, one, one of them's passed away. Uh, my oldest brother may rest in peace um, um, but that certainly influenced my music and also my football team so my next brother up is three years older than me um, and so he was coming of age with the great city team in the 70s with Franny Lee and Colin Bell oh, and yeah, yeah. all them lot um, exactly right um, and he got a job in London in about must have been about 95 I think and he had a season ticket at the time 
so I got his season ticket for that season and I ended up going to the main road to watch quite a lot of games um, so it really it really pulled me in that yeah, that well, was, was a proper stadium as well, wasn't it? Like, it really was, and uh, I mean, I don't live too far from that area, um, and I have lived in Rushome and round there in the past, um, and it's it's a real loss yeah. to that community. Obviously, the Etihad Stadium well, is I, great. I just think they've, they've done a lot of work for the community. Anything? <laughs> Can't really complain about the so owners. Got a, like, I think they've done a lot for good for Manchester. They really have, and. Because um, like, well, with them, I'm, I'm diverting. I think we're doing. Because the city's really good at the moment. That's it. And all you, well, if you guys get rid of the Glazers, maybe, it, maybe you'll join the party. I mean, well, this is one of the. Left. Well, this is one of the problems, isn't it? Is well, uh, but, but there's not been any planning. There's, no, I mean, no. what you see at City is a, a really well-run club that's got a proper 10-year plan. Yeah, they've actually cared about the area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also the training, yeah. the, uh, uh, the construction of the stadium, as well as building uh, community facilities and all of that as well. Yeah, all uh, the other training facilities. And yeah, and United yeah. haven't done any of that. Women's football stadium and stuff. Exactly. All of those things. Um, but yeah, it's a great boon to the city. And we've got a stadium that week, so... That's all I hear. Right, People are paying how much? I don't know how much a season ticket is, but you're paying. Well, I was paying 850. Right, so there's people paying. Which is pretty good to me, but like, I get a discount a bit. That's a discounted price. Yes. And I that's mean, just home league games. I, I know one of the mates, uh, me, me best friend's uh, fiance, is. a season ticket, I think he's paying 2,000. <gasps> and then. Well, he's paying four thousand because he pays for his uncles as well. And what does that does that inc- is that just league? Is that every match at home, or is that just no, league that's games? The league games, they got to pay thirty quid extra each home cup game. Jeez, each man! Each Champions League game. And so I met a guy. Cup game. I met a guy who yeah. was paying for one of those season tickets, and he was in a seat yeah. under a leak in the roof. Yeah, that's you know, that's wrong, what a wind up! What well, a wind yeah, up! Last year we had we had. Um, FA Cup game was at home last year, so I think I must have paid about over a thousand for all the ticket. So then I go away as well, which is thirty quid up ago. So it's not it's not a cheap game anymore, is it? Well, it's one of them, though, isn't it? It's like you're saying, like at City, not only are you watching fantastic football, but you know that they're using the money wisely to build a uh, 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 something for the community and for the future. Yeah. I mean, I know we've got this stuff about the charges and outstanding and all of that that's a different conversation um, but I what you can that, see I think the whole system's caught cool there isn't it so it's like the actual Eureka or FA or B4 corrupt yeah it doesn't seem to be I mean so I think where there's money there's corruption there, so well the time. so my view on capitalism is yeah. I, I don't mind capitalism but it has yeah. to be well regulated yeah yeah and, on the right way. yeah and and football is definitely not well regulated and the 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 uh the government and i think the next la- the ga- the labor party as well are talking about bringing in a football regulator so i think what we're seeing at the moment is the fa trying to say that look we can do stuff we don't need a regulator but anything, anyone who's looked at what's happened to yeah. Chelsea and Everton cannot conclude that we've got a competent system at the moment. 
it really doesn't seem to be working. And VAR as well. What yeah, a disaster. That doesn't work, does it? No. Uh-oh. No. But yeah. I love, you asked me what I do. I, 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 that's, I don't think I've missed, I've missed one game, I think, yeah. uh, watching it, not going to the ground. I've not been to the ground for ages. Uh, but I've, I've yeah. watched every, pretty much every game. Well, I think we, we can support different teams, but we, we share the love. Quite. Of football. Or other ones. So I, I've never... I, I'd say I dislike City. I don't, I don't hate them like, like Liverpool and Leeds, but... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I think they're more like brothers. It's a brotherly... So like Fraternal that, that angst. It's like you're to your brothers. It's just like that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess... You know, you've had to learn some humility, haven't you, in the post-Ferguson era? Yeah. You know, you're just not very good. Um, and yeah, you hold your hands up and say, we're not, we're not good, sorry. We're yeah, not. yeah. And I think that's really helped the relationship. I know it sounds, obviously, it's bad for you lot. Um, well, it's allowed you to catch up, I suppose, hasn't it? <laughs> so, I, mean, I would I say mean, like, overtake significantly. Have, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, have the success that we... That, it's like you've had to watch us had over the years and then well and also it can't be easy and also watching great football I mean you know I did watch City in the 90s um uh, well I watched them all, all the way through really um and I guess what you're experiencing at the moment where you're kind of a bit afraid of what you're going to see when you get there you know at the moment for City it's just yeah. pure excitement about the next game because it feels like you're going to see some brilliant football, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then we're worried about getting lost or getting a draw. In, in Pep we trust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just sort of opening leave after you won the Champions League, but that didn't happen, did it? Say that again. I sort of hope that Guardiola would have left. No, uh, and actually, <laughs> if we get relegated, I think that will be because of the point. The uh, if we get a big points deduction because of these charges, I think he'll stay longer yeah. to get us back to the Premiership because yeah, yeah, that's that the way. kind of challenge that he that he loves. Um, what yeah. again? What an inspiration he is to say to take this game that's been going yeah. for hundreds of years and say there's a different way of doing it, yeah, and he yeah. does it. He really has. He really has. And now, yeah. finally, well, not finally, I guess what four or five seasons ago now but we've got Phil Foden uh, Cole Palmer who's now gone to Chelsea uh, uh, Rico Lewis we've got local kids who've come yeah. through the come through the academy who are just yeah. showing and that actual Manchester lads as well which yeah that's you know, it. I remember not long ago there was, there was a derby and they went one they went one neck in the whole the whole game the best we had for a while I think when we won the league we were kind of there was Michael Richards who is from Leeds I think that was about the closest we had a few what's his name we had um, uh, Craig no Craig Bellamy's Welsh I think is he yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we had that other grafter um, who was at Liverpool now he's left Liverpool oh Milner yeah James Milner we used to call him Jimmy Grimble uh, what a grafter worked really really hard um, uh, a lot of time for him 
I, I think he's probably the worst player because he played for Leeds, played for Newcastle, played for Liverpool, played for City. Very, very rarely he played for a Chelsea Arsenal. Where's he gone? To, is he? Has he gone to Brighton? Yeah, he's gone to Brighton. Over there, yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, respect. Right. Right. No, it's about to raise two there. Yeah, worked hard, did a job for us, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so now it's time for the third track, and why have you chosen this one? Okay, so the next couple of tunes are... I've chosen because I keep coming back to them. Um, this is a cover version uh, of a song that was was written and recorded by Tim Buckley um, in the 60s. Um, but this is the version that I always come back to. Uh, a live version with uh, Liz Fraser, who again is one of the really under uh, 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 lesser known heroes, I think, of modern British music. Uh, she's sung with Massive Attack, she's sung with all kinds of people. She's got a really, she's got a totally unique sound, and uh, this is one of those transporting songs that sends yeah. you somewhere else. And especially, yeah, yeah. Um, some of all of these type, type of tracks. Well, you know, you're talking about being stranded on a desert island. That's the whole thing. And this is a song to the siren. This yeah, is all about being at sea. But the song is all about being at sea. All right, that's that's, that's the, like the metaphor of the song. Oh. I love it. Yeah, absolutely love perfect it. Perfect for the islands. So yeah, we'll get the mortal car with song to the siren. And, and then we got we've well, got two more songs to come. So we got some more uh, questions and some quick fire questions coming up, so yeah. Enjoy this track. Shines from the soul 
puzzled as the newborn child I'm as riddled as the tide Should I stand amid the breakers Or should I lie with death my bride Hear me sing, swim to me Swim to me, let me unfold you Here I am, here I am Waiting to hold you Ah yeah, what was that? I'm going to go to that man yeah, I really enjoyed these these tunes that you've chose. Thanks, mate. Nice. Listening back, players getting ready. Yeah, really, really good. Thanks, mate. Um, like I say, you know, five is really, really hard. Uh, there could have been. There's so many. I've got a list here of probably thirty songs that I could have chosen quite easily. Um, well, I think, I think nineteen's on a, a, on a daily basis. So it's, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so these I think I ended up with kind of must-haves, really. Yeah. And we're not, we're not, uh, we got two more songs probably out anyway. So, and then now, so we touched on your like early, like one of your memories of music. But um, what would you say that like, your taste of music has changed over the years? Or from, <laughs> and like, would you say that it, your taste has come from your parents? Some of it's come from my parents. My mum was ace. I told you about uh, her taking yeah. me to a Boontown Rats gig. Uh, she also, we went to see Elton John um, in the early 80s. Um, it heyday. Absolutely. Uh, so we had, uh, the albums of his were like his first greatest hits uh, cassette um, and also Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which is a great album that has got like, I think, uh, Daniel and... Um, uh, some of those some of those early tunes um, people forget how long he's been around for um, but that was that was in his cocaine days I mean he was nuts he, he was in wearing like this uh, he came out he was wearing like a drummer boy's uh, outfit with this big tall hat on uh, and he was sitting at his uh, piano um, and almost during every song he picks up his, his piano stool and shuts it in the audience. This is at the Apollo again. Um, and he kept chucking, and apparently he'd been doing this all over the tour. And he got sued. <laughs> I think he, he lamped somebody with his piano stool uh, and he had to pay him out, I think. I think. No, this is it. He was absolutely nuts. He was really, really high energy. It was a great gig, that. Um, but um, I think my... Yeah, so my dad influenced me with, with jazz. Uh, we had the Beatles on at home, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, plenty of that. Uh, but my parents were mainly into classical music, which kind of rubbed off a bit. I like a bit of Beethoven. Oh, uh, I love Beethoven Sixth, the pastoral. Uh, I love putting that in a car on in a car when you're driving through the countryside. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really into classical music at the minute. Oh yeah, what are you listening to? Yeah, uh, uh, like. I think Tchaikovsky is my favourite on Mozart. Well, we were talking, well, about, yeah. talking about Napoleon. Yeah. So you've got the 1812. Yeah, that's yeah, Tchaikovsky, that's really isn't it? Good. Yeah. 
Then the cannons on as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went to, I went to, uh, the, yeah, with my candlelight up. So I managed to cathedral last Saturday. What is that like? The Queen thing? So like a classic? Is that Queen? No, no it, actual it, opera. Yeah, yeah. So oh, like okay. Rossini and, uh, yeah, Rossini and Mozart and some other ones. Nice one. Well, because my oldest brother was a bit of a rocker. So we had a bit of metal in the house. We had like ACDC and, uh, uh, well, he had, he bought a, a Night at the Opera, the Queen album. Yeah, that's uh, wrong. He mean, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's a great album. Um, but, yeah, I've actually got that vinyl. Have you? In the collection. Very cool. Um, yeah. um, I guess really the quality of the music in the 80s was so good that. And there's so many different genres. Yeah, I never really caught to dance music much. No, um, you know, I didn't mind it, but then it just never seemed to go away. Same with hip hop. Um, you know, it seemed a bit seems a bit pervasive. Yes. Um, I'm much more of a guitar music guy. So, like when we were going out, well, we'll get onto this in a bit with the uh, last tune actually. But um, when we were going out in Manchester when I was a teenager. Um, I was much more likely to go to uh, somewhere like the Ritz or uh, Rock World, I guess, rather than the Hacienda. Um, You know, it was a bit too cool for school for me, uh, the Hacienda. And it wasn't that busy, you know. It didn't really... Well, they went bust, I guess, sort of. Oh, that's car park, isn't it? No, no, they've rebuilt it as the Hacienda Apartments. Yeah, apartments, isn't it? that's a whole other thing about what's happened to Manchester uh, and um, the idea that you could take away an iconic nightclub like that and replace it with a set of apartments that would also be considered iconic is kind of stupid really um, yeah. you know I guess that um, I, I'm kind of still blown away by the music that came out of Manchester uh, in the 80s and um, and uh, well, I, think, I think a lot of good music come out of Manchester. So I know that Liverpool's got a good music scene, but so like, it was only really the Beatles that, and then Cast and Mozart and Space. Ian Brody. Then Echo and the Bunnyman, but I think, I think with the Manchester. There's loads of different genres and there's loads more ultra sides there. It's really stayed with me that, you know. Well, I think both cities are like great music scenes. Yeah. And also, Sheffield for me as well. Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Twenty first century. Uh, Sheffield's has been outstanding, hasn't it? But I feel really lucky to have come up uh, that at, a time, at that time where there's so much going on. The race. And you go out. You go onto the dance floor. You go to a club, and you'd hear something brilliant. That you'd never heard before. Yeah, track after track. Yeah. So that, yeah. There's no filler, it's all oracle. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the, the uh, cheesy DJ coming out there. You go for it, babe. <laughs> Backman yeah. Turner Overdrive coming right at you. Yeah. <laughs> Smashy and nicey. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess that's, I mean, that would be my thing about. Uh, I. Some I've come to like some things. I've been going to this festival uh, called Moving, 
uh, in Stockport, Moving, M-O-O-V-I-N, uh, which I really enjoy. Uh, and I've seen some really good bands there. Uh, Groove Armada played there, which was fantastic. Uh, Dread Zone, uh, was Dread Zone's track, Little Britain, 90s track, but absolute bel- belter. Um, Black Rape, uh, which is Sean Ryder's other band besides Happy Mondays. I've seen them a couple of times there and they've been outstanding. I really like Black Rape. Um, yeah, I'll just check them out. Yeah, yeah. Give them a lot they listen to. Even. Yeah. So that goes on, that's on my list. So if I'm going to the festival, I'll see who's on and try and get into it a bit. So that's, so Groove Armada is a fairly new, even though they're, they're 20 years old, really. Uh, I only really started listening to yeah fairly new obviously they've got things like that none of these have made the list unfortunately Uh, but they've got um, I see you baby shaking that ass shaking that ass and that was uh, on a car advert you know so there's a lot of songs you'd be familiar with what's it called the song is uh, at the river. Yeah, that's all I like. Da 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 da. It's a great tune. Yeah, just chill out to that one. Well, we went to see them actually. We went to me and a few mates. Went to see them on uh, at, um, in town. Uh, one of those warehouses uh, in town, the one under Piccadilly. Can't remember what it's called. Sorry, warehouse project. Warehouse project. And uh, um, Groove Armada were playing live, so. Uh, and there's, there's that song at the river where he gets his gigantic trombone out um, and he's playing that bit yeah. um, and so on the bus on the way home we're all, the whole bus was doing that's a vibe it was a top moment top moment yeah that's all I actually oh I that was the only I missed them Last time they did a DJ set, would, and I missed the DJ you know, set. One like it's super styling, great song, absolutely yeah, great song, yeah. really good. So that, now uh, we we do have some time in a lot. Your last two songs, okay. So I'm chosen these two. So the next one is "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd, which I think has. Some of the greatest lyrics of any song ever written. Uh, yeah. It always moves me. Yes. Um, the production is immaculate. Um, and also, you know, I'm 55. You've obviously, in your situation, we've both lost a lot of friends. Yeah. And um, the idea, the sentiment, I wish you were here. It's, yeah, it's, we, we've all experienced that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very poignant song, and yeah, it's off one of their, their greatest albums as well. There's also, I guess, one of the things. I mean, I've done done a fair bit of um, like political filmmaking. That's what got me into uh, onto the masters course. And there's a thing about propaganda. There's a thing about not believing what you're being told in this song uh, did they get you to change your heroes for ghosts um, hot ashes for trees you know yeah. we want trees we don't want ashes if there's poo in the river and they're yeah. telling you there isn't 
Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Go and have a look. Go and smell it. Yeah, it's true. And see what the truth is. Uh, and I guess that's another thing that's very strongly in the song. Um, be conscious that you're being lied to. That other other powerful interests are lying to you for their own reasons. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Very, very important message. Yeah. And then what's the, the, the other song? So, uh, again, talking about those great moments, like going onto the dance floor uh, in Manchester, uh, I think that this really does exemplify that massive change that the Stone Roses brought to the music scene. I cannot ex- express what a revolutionary moment that's st- that the Stone Roses were yeah. um, and how highly anticipated the album was because, you know, they'd, they'd released a couple of songs before the album came out. And listening back to that first album, I think this is the song that I heard that made me realise we're in a whole new a whole new era yeah I think that's that's what made Indy what it was going into the 90s with like Oasis and stuff I was 21 when this came out you know joy absolute joy yeah it was mad when it first came out like so I mean, I- introduced to it like when I was in my 20s like it's got my teens like it's um, so like, with it being like an old man, like that old but gonna remind me of established band when finding out about him. I think it's a bit different than hearing it fresh. It's unbelievable. It's not I mean first every time. So I guess I started going out clubbing fairly young. Um uh, I heard The Passenger by Iggy Pop for the first time on a dance floor. I heard the Stone Roses for the first time on a dance floor a bit later on. Um but can you imagine hearing The Passenger? You know, the first yeah. time you hear it is on a gigantic sound system in a nightclub. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it was it's just stick with your eyes, awesome. Well, we hear it all the time. I mean, I've not chosen it for this because it's kind of been played to death uh, since that's how great a tune it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it has been a toss-up. I've not put any blues in. I've listened to absolutely loads of blues. There's really heavily influenced, again, the Blues Brothers... Uh, the Blues Brothers came out, I think, 81 or 82, yeah. so I was 13 or 14 when that came out. Uh, so that introduced me to Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin, uh, Sweet Home Chicago, uh, really amazing tunes and old blues guys, John Lee Hooker. Uh, so I, I listened to a lot of blues. Uh, I could still go to a blues night, actually. Uh, there's a guy I know who set up a blues night at the Carlton Club uh, in Wally Range. Uh, called the Will Tang Clan. His name is Will Tang. So yes. the name is the the night is uh, the Will Tang Clan. Uh, I'm hearing some brilliant live blues there. Uh, oh, it's yeah. it's free, to, free to get in. Recommend it highly to anyone. There yeah, is there, there is a ramp if you want to come along. Oh yeah, I'll definitely up for that. Yeah. Do you know what? Maybe we should set up our reunion for that. Oh yeah, we could actually do that. Because I wanted to get. Um, I was talking about thinking about getting our. Uh, masters clustered back together. Yeah, that'd be a really good idea. Should we do actually. that? Okay, I'll. I'll. Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah, uh, I do really like blues, and I think 
I went to New Orleans on a cruise and um, did you? Got into the BB King's album. What's she called? Betsy yeah. or something? His guitar was called Betsy or Betty or something. No, he's actually called BB King's. Oh, yeah, no, his guitar. Oh, right, he named his guitar Betsy, something like that. Betsy or Betty. Uh, yeah. So like the, the blues there is like amazing. Yeah, gosh, yeah, jealous now. Experience. I, I really want to go to America. It's something it's it's a box that I feel I must tick is to do New York and LA uh, yeah. and yeah something in the South as well. Yeah, like New Orleans, I definitely recommend that. Over. Really? Do you so really what, like over New York? I'd say for me. Was it not a bit heavy? It, I think it, it, it didn't go off the beaten track it is, but New York is really. So if you go out in the Bronx, I think it's a bit. So it's a bit hairy. Well, I'll be after. I think after cities like that, there isn't it? So. Yeah, I suppose you need to be aware, don't you? But it's this inequality thing at the moment, isn't it? Like what we've got here, you know, yeah. there's there's so many people who are really on their asses, and there's terrible drug use, particularly in America with the yeah, fentanyl yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, you can really find yourself amongst people who don't really care. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit but if you say it's safe, uh, I'll take your word for it. Well, yeah, the main bit is safe. Right. So, like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna book my ticket. I'm just taking your research. Know where you want to go and where you want to stay and stuff. I suppose. Well, I had a brilliant trip in February. Uh, uh, me and a mate went to uh, went to Egypt. Uh, we went to Luxor. Um, and I only really mention it because the music was terrible. Um, you know, it's one of the places like you go abroad and you you want to hear some of our music and all of that. But the one thing in this amazing historic place that they really didn't really have any of was much music. That was weird. It was a bit weird, yeah. It was a bit weird, but it's a great trip. A bit of an anomaly. Yeah, I would recommend. You're talking about a cruise. I would recommend anybody take the cruise from Luxor to Aswan. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. Oh yeah, but well, it was actually. So yeah, we'll uh, get the wish away about the wide and the stone goes with waterfall, and then so I've got some quick fire questions coming up. Oh dear! <laughs> and enjoy these two tracks.
and that was another two great stranded songs there to finish off the five song choices. So yeah, thanks for uh, choosing those songs and so we got some really good five there. Oh, I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, it's a real challenge. Well, I bet if we did this interview again next week, still have a lot of different songs. Maybe. Maybe. Mine changes on a daily basis, so. Mine, mine change probably. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose it is how I was feeling when I got the list together. Um, but some of them, I think, wish you were here. I think. Uh, I could I could have picked any of half a dozen uh, for like when I was a kid like the Too Much Too Young um, song uh, could have been loads by the specials or by Madness or that whole period again like the Jam uh, I mean oh, yeah. well I bought Jam singles we all bought Jam singles um, Bitterest Pill uh, I bought on Seven Inch you know yeah but um, were you ever into the Clash? Yeah, uh, I bought Combat Rock. And Ramones. Mm, the Ramones, not really, because they were sort of more of a vibe band than a song band, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And great graphics. I mean, the logo is amazing. Uh, and, but. Um, oh, actually, one band that stands out for me is The Cure. So, yeah. Uh, I, love, I love Caterpillar. I think there are a lot of bands. Uh, with a style of their own that didn't really have as many tunes. I think they've probably got half a dozen good tunes, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas the jam, I mean, you know, they had and, endless, or oh, virtually endless. They they had they were one of the only bands to ever have uh, three releases consecutively go straight in at number one. Uh, one of those is going going underground. Um, you know, you hear it all the time. You hear that's entertainment. You hear, you know, uh, jam tunes. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, cater. I was doing a bit of... Uh, I was chef by training. Um, yeah. And uh, after I'd come back, sold my... I came back to catering after various other experiences. Um, and I was catering for bands on tour. And uh, the first one that I did, I was lucky enough to get on a job doing Paul Weller at the Albert Hall for three nights uh, and that was just I mean proper fanboy moments there knee, absolute knee, knee tremblers he held the door open for me and stuff and I'm like thanks <laughs> you know <laughs> really amazing what a superb and influential character really really and never really compromised you know yeah I still got married going strongly yeah and we're seeing solo stuff now. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's much of the jam left, is there? Apart from him, right? um. So I've seen that he's he, he's been touring like the I don't know the the jam he did like tribute band. Bruce Fox so, did. Yeah, I think in the tribute band he was like Paul Weller was touring with them. Um. Obviously, they had someone to do the music, I think. Uh, I don't know. I know we had the guitarist, I think, when I saw him, it's a good few years ago, uh, at the Albert Hall, I think he had one of the guys from Ocean Colour Scene, I think, yeah. uh, playing, probably playing, you know, 
rhythm guitar, second guitar. Uh, not sure about the rest of them. Um, but I guess it's one of those things about that era that hasn't really been surpassed. I mean, for me, uh, those songs that the jam did in the uh, 80s are the best things that they've recorded. You get this with a lot of artists, don't they? Don't you? I mean, he did, he, yeah, he yeah. did a brilliant album called Wildwood. Uh, and there's a song on that called Sunflowers, which I really, really like. Um, but, I mean, even that's must be over 20 years old now. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting thing, I guess, how few bands manage to keep, uh, you know, how, how, how few bands record equally as good or better songs later in their career, you know. I mean, we were talking yeah. about Bernard Sumner and New Order. Um, and you know they did World in Motion which is probably the best football song yeah yeah with J uh, John Barnes's rap and all that um, and that yeah. was a good f a few years after uh, their hits you know um, that's another one I could have chosen Blue Monday Blue Monday's like 83 or something yeah so I was 15 it's when that came out he tells a story about uh, uh, about you know the so the the myth is that they never made any money on it because uh, the production cost was too expensive and he tells this great story about how they realised that what they did was uh, the cover had cutouts on it so it had holes cut in it like die cut so you could see through to the inner sleeve yeah. uh, and that was the expensive bit so he said, we weren't making any money of it on it. Then they took the holes out of here and they started making money. So I think they did all right. Bernard Sumner lives in a pretty nice gaff, I'll tell you that. That's it. That's quite a funny story. So, like, we, uh, we our project next year, which we're going to... Well, on the run-up to it, we're going to be doing different videos of people. So there's about when their penny drop moment was. So I will use that as part of the treatment for our uh, drama. So, uh, what is your when your penny drop? Moment? Well, actually, Mark, I think you should go first. Oh, uh, me? Yeah. So, I mean, because the ideas come from you. Right, yeah. That you decided to do all this stuff. Like, people are listening to this podcast because you put the effort in to make it happen and all of that. And this yeah. has been you, you know, you, 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 you grasp your life, don't you? You've gone for it. So at some yeah. point, your penny drops. Uh, well, yeah, uh, at, at some point. At one point, we, uh, I wasn't as confident as I am today. So I, that I wouldn't, like, years ago, I wouldn't have dreamt of doing a podcast. Like, like talking, like, with three hours solid. But I think, well, I had uh, a back operation. Growers 13, which was actually it's over 10 years ago now. So in 2004, I remember the 10th day of the operation. So before that, I could feed myself. But when I had the back operation, my back was rotted, so I can't bend my back, so I couldn't lift my arms up. So for months and months, I was I never went out. And, I didn't want people to see me being fat. And then well, one day I decided, well, I didn't decide, I think, 
for whatever reason, reason it was, I can't remember why I decided, but I think it's a lot of help for my carer who's been with me for yeah, Denise has been with me for 23 years and she's been trying to get me out of the house for months and months and eventually she managed to. So I went out and the first time it was just to the cinema. So the next time I went to something to eat and then eventually I thought, why, why am I so worried about what people are thinking about me? It's like me and Dad when it doesn't really matter so. Then after that, it was I just bit changed after Then I had the similar moment when I had to go on the ventilator full time. Like, which was when I was at uni, I, I, I wasn't too bad, but when I, when I first had to go on to it, I didn't want to go out with it on. Just thought people would stare at me, but then I thought they're not actually staring at me. They're staring at me, thinking, "What is it? What's that?" God, what, why is, what, that's in a wheelchair or whatever. So I, uh, I, I embraced it, because it's there to help me. So yeah, that was my penny, the, one of my penny drop moment. I, I admire you a great deal, Mark. Well, the, the main one was that well, I couldn't eat myself, so. Can so you, can I, you I, I wouldn't have had the confidence to go to uni without, obviously, confidence. Well... You know, my penny drop moment isn't to it is associated also with that course, um, um, and you know I went and did a master's age fifty, um, thinking that I was doing something really brave and really, really oh my god, you know, uh, I was really nervous about it. And I get there and you're there, uh, you know, in your wheelchair with a carer and all of that with limited mobility. And it really put my concerns into into perspective, you know. Yeah. So uh, it was a powerful thing to see, and to see how hard you worked on the course, you know, and you did it. I mean, you made the films, and you did you, you did the, the assignments, you know. Um, obviously, there were considerations for your situation. Um, yeah, I don't. Think but you did the work. It's not really a disability. I'm just able to do things in a different way. Love it. That's what, that's what I try and live by. Yeah, man, definitely. Definitely, that's great. Well, so we could tell your audience now, actually, this project that we're talking about doing about the penny drop moment. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark and I need to discuss this a bit further, but we will be looking for contributions. So if you've got an interesting story about when the penny dropped for you, then yeah, yeah. then please share it. You yeah, know, I'd be interested to know it. Yeah. So the only way I do stranded songs is I can ask this question and use it anyway. Definitely. Definitely. Um, well, it'd be a great thing for you to do while you're interviewing. I can do it while I'm interviewing people. It's just a quick question. Uh, and I guess the idea for both of us is to try and encourage people to be brave and to do, you know, not worry well, what everybody yeah, else thinks. Own it. Uh, bang your own drum. Yeah, man. Definitely. There's nothing wrong with banging your own drum, I think. Well... You know, people say, oh, it's arrogant. It isn't. If you're good at doing something, say you're good at doing it. There's no point in beating around the bus going, yeah, I'm all right. We've got to live it's our lives. Not, it, I mean, arrogance is the way to be good, I think, sometimes. So you've got to have a bit of arrogance to do stuff. I guess, yeah, that's... that's uh, it's probably the wrong word, really, arrogance. I think it? it's bravery. I think you have to accept that you've got you're going to put yourself in situations 
where you're going to be nervous or a bit fearful but you know it's what you want to do you know it's the thing that is going to make your life a better place a more interesting fuller place to be you know yeah yeah that's really true do you want to hear my moment then yeah go on yeah you right. your moment so um uh a bit of brief history um i was a caterer uh and i ended up uh opening my own bar in 1996 um and a nightclub as well uh both still open uh the temple uh on oxford road and big hands also on oxford road both in uh, central manchester and i sold those in um 2001 uh went to do a filmmaking course actually at city and guilds yeah. uh, but didn't have the confidence after I'd done that course in my skills as a filmmaker to pursue it so I dropped it went back really to catering and running pubs and that kind of thing even though I knew that filmmaking was one of the things that I really wanted to do yeah um and then in up, right up to 2015 um I uh, a guy who I was on the course with uh, is a barber and he was cutting someone's hair and the guy whose hair he was cutting a guy called Tom Barlow shout out to Tom hi mate um, uh, was organising this uh, conference for independent media and so my mate said oh I know somebody who might be interested in helping so he got he wrote me in and got me in and I interviewed a guy called Donica McCarthy uh, at this uh, independent media conference Donica's still around uh, he'd written a book called The Prostitute State uh, and it was his analysis of what was going wrong really in the media in education in various different departments uh, different areas uh, of British society uh, and he pointed the finger pretty firmly at Rupert Murdoch and th he thinks R Rupert Murdoch has been a terribly malign influence on British society and politics and um, he made me realise that I didn't need to make, make telly, I didn't need to make films, that there was a role for ordinary people to make uh, uh, report and make films and tell stories from a local level, uh, citizen journalism. So after that, I got involved with a group called... So that, I guess, was... A penny drop moment for me there yeah. um, uh, was interviewing Donica. That interview actually is is still on YouTube. That's around. Uh, if you go to the Real Media, uh, Real R W -E L Real Media YouTube channel, that's on there somewhere uh, from 2015. And I got involved with a group called the People's Assembly, uh, which is a kind of a lefty umbrella group. Uh, their main slogan uh, is Tories out. Uh, and that's, you know, I could get I could get along with that. Whatever disagreements you might have about various yeah, other yeah. policies and all of that sort of stuff, uh, we could all agree that getting rid of the Tories was a really good thing. So I did a load of live streaming for them. Uh, again, they're on Facebook, on the People's Assembly Against Austerity page, still up there. Um, and... We, me and a colleague, uh, we went down to London 
to do a live stream of a demonstration and we were testing out a new uh, mic set to do a wireless uh, uh, broadcast with radio mics but when you're doing a live stream it's very hard to monitor your sound and we've done it so we did a three-hour live stream uh, I interviewed loads of people some really interesting interviews uh, and then we filmed the speeches at the end of the demo yep. and I got back to check to just to look back at it and the sound was peaking the sound was cutting out oh and oh, no, yeah. I was absolutely gutted yeah I remember that a few times well I was just you know we've made such an effort we've gone from Manchester to London two of us uh, the organisation which didn't have much money had paid for our train tickets you know um, and it was a brilliant thing to do yeah. um, and uh, I was it sounds silly really but I was really really upset that we'd no, put this effort in and I, if you can't get your hobbies right you know what I mean what are you up to and I just decided at that moment listening back to uh, to that live stream with my button hover, with my hand hover, hovering over the delete button to kill that live stream off forever uh, I decided that I needed to learn more about the job uh, and that it was something that the upset I felt made me realise that it was something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life yeah. I wanted to be a filmmaker I was a catalyst I'd pulled enough pints I'd delivered enough pizzas I'd done enough catering I'd um, done enough of all yeah, that and you weren't getting anything out of it no so you uh, weren't the reward of it but, yeah. well so despite the fact that I didn't have a degree because of all of the interviews of the politicians and all of that that I'd done I could show that I had what they call proof of experiential prior learning yeah. um, and I did that with our wonderful uh, course tutor uh, Lyndon Saunders uh, who was absolutely wonderful and a great teacher I learned absolutely loads in the course and I met you as well yeah <laughs> so there we go yeah here is a uh destined to be so that's a very destined to meet up and beat stuff together definitely so there you go that's a very slightly long-winded uh, set of pennies dropping for me <laughs> to get yeah. where I am now well I think it sometimes takes a few yeah to take your own back to think in the right way yeah and also realising that you're only going to get one shot you know yeah. and you can't keep putting it off no, so I went to university for the first time at 50 you know and I'd say that to everyone I mean partly Martin Lewis is to blame because he uh, explained that uh, the loan system wouldn't wouldn't affect me too badly in the future so he he was convincing people to go to university like older people to go to university and go and do courses and I found this great course this masters at uh, Media City um, and I've not really looked back yeah well that's really good yeah for me it's not working hard for it just work on that anyway yeah work on the project and do some more well hopefully uh, it'll be an ongoing project for a while and you can give your audience updates on what we're up to yeah, okay, for up to date and stuff on that. Well, I'm hoping because of your United connections, we might get people at United as well. 
works out with the Disabled Sports Association. Yeah. And I think a lot of doing that, I don't know what I'm saying. It's just a one at City as well, I think. Well, I think that, you know, people respond really positively to you because they can see how much effort you've got, you put in. You've got joie de vivre, man. You've got joy of life. Um, um, and that's infectious. Yeah. You know. So, well, let's ask. Let's ask. We'll ask celebrities. You can, you can say no, exactly. Exactly. We'll have to be brave. Uh, I mean, I, I go to a lot of gigs. So I meet a lot of bands. So, there's another opportunity. So, take your phone. You know. And I'm sure you. if there's somebody who's with you, you know, just get them to film. What was your penny drop moment? I mean, musicians, I think, is really interesting because at some point, almost every musician... Oh, I can't do this, I'm going to give up. And then something makes them go, actually, I can do this. Yeah. So I'll be interested in that. They made sacrifices. I mean, I know know Guy Garvey uh, from the time when uh, Elbow were happening and then not happening and then happening again. And, you know, some of the guys were like, they thought they couldn't do it, you know. They're reaching an age where they wanted to have kids, they wanted to, you know, have lives, have security. Yeah. Um, and they really stuck with it. I've got a lot of respect for Guy for that. He really stuck with it. Talented guy. Yeah. His guy. Yeah, so uh, now we've just got some yeah, quick fire questions to... Finish off the we choose the book and stuff. I can't believe after the amount of time we spent talking that you've not asked me everything. (laughs) (laughs) God, I'll see what I've got left. (laughs) See if there's any more information I can get. (laughs) So, what's your favourite number? Uh, 43 at the moment. No idea why. I think somebody just said the word, said 43 to me. 42, everyone says 42 because of, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. But I'm trying to stick less to, you know, my, I've got a bit of um, OCD, you know, like when you know when you put the volume up on the telly or something like that, yeah, like it I'm always has to be, right, so it has yeah. to be like 20, 30, 35, something like that, you know. Uh, so I'm trying to be a bit less yeah, regimented yeah. in my selection of numbers. So I'll go for 43. Yeah, and then their favourite colour. It has to be blue. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Uh, I knew he was going to say red. <laughs> I'd, I'd say red anyway. Well, black's my favourite colour. So I do wear a lot of black. Yes. Um, I don't... I mean, I, I, I like city blue. But it's, I, w- I would wear a d- I wear darker blues than that. Yeah, darker colours are better. Actually, you know, I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to say green. I think lockdown. Uh, I've got a lovely little park, really near where we live, and getting out into that park and being in all of the different shades of green. Yeah. Really meant a lot to me at the time. Happy uh, colour, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, so, I even put it on my, my CV, which fortunately, you know, don't really have to send out very often. Uh, but I am increasingly biophilic, which means I, as I get older, I am more and more of a nature lover. 
Yeah, it's such a good thing, a good thing. And then their favourite food. Falafel. Yeah, and, and shawarma. Sorry, yeah. The whole Middle Eastern thing, I absolutely love. We're very lucky in Manchester, we've got fantastic Middle Eastern food. Whenever there's a war, we get the f- we get the food from that area, you know. So we've got Afghanistan, we've got uh, Syria, you know, we've got really great food here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that food myself, actually. Yeah, that's it. Lovely, fresh, colourful salads and... Uh, hummus. Hummus, oh, tremendous. Chickpea-tastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to a place... Uh, I've been to a, oh well I go to I go to a, a pretty much travel across town for a decent falafel word oh, yeah, of a decent falafel yeah. has come through yeah I'll you read that yeah um, favourite film oh that's tricky that does change every week what's my favourite film at the moment uh, Love Fifth Element yeah uh um, there's films that if you pass through them on the telly you just end up stopping and watching I think Fifth Element's one of those I love Funny Bones with Lee Evans really little known wonderful film uh, Lee Evans, Oliver Platt great story, yeah. so funny uh, about the uh, the dying days of uh, musical uh, in Blackpool, uh, which is brilliant, well worth a look. Yeah, I haven't told about that one actually. Um, so probably you mentioned it to me. It's really unlikely, you know. It's got bloody Jerry Lewis in it and stuff, you know. It's really unlikely. Yeah. Uh, one of those where uh, everything came together. Uh, seeing Napoleon's made me think about. Uh, made me think about Amadeus. Um, you know, we were talking about like ways you tell a story. Yeah. So, what Ridley Scott's done in Napoleon is just really just tell the chronological story. Yeah. Um, in in his own way, but it's really just a series of events. Um, and I thought of Amadeus as a really good example of a way to tell the story of Mozart. But he uses his great rival, uh, Salieri, to tell the story. Yeah. And I thought that's what Napoleon needed, really, was yeah, a like foil, like a different way to tell, the, yeah, you know, a, d- a different lens, a bit of uh, retrospect, yeah. you know. Uh, so if Napoleon was uh, on Saint Helena at the end yeah. of his life, writing his diary, yeah. bit of flashback, something S- like that. Someone playing devil's advocate. I'm trying to think. I still not answered. I mean, these are all, all have been favourites in the past. Well, Citizen Kane was a favourite in the past. There is one answer. No. I think mine. To, one of mine is the raid. Oh yeah. Martial arts. Yeah. My role director. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love them films. It's a great film, that. Uh, bit of a really well. bit of a genre-defining film, really, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, he's stuck in that genre now, I think. Uh, well, it's very difficult now, you know. I mean, I look at there something like Napoleon. You know, this is Ridley Scott. I mean, this is like our greatest director. Um, and uh, he's made a film that's just not very good. 
you know, Mike Lee's Peter Lou again as well. I'm like, you know, there are so many different ways to tell that story of Peter Lou, and he's chosen a really boring one. Um, you know, it's 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 just not a good film. Yeah. Um, and we see this a lot at the moment. I think Scorsese's films I'm hearing are quite dull. Uh, uh, Tarantino's films uh, that you know I don't really understand what Tarantino's films are anymore nice. um, you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I'm like okay yeah. you've, you're fictionalising a historical event but why yeah. you know uh, um, I think that the sort of Netflix era is delivering quite a few misses which is really disappointing. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, look at Ridley Scott, The Martian, what a great film. Alien, you know, some fantastic yeah, stuff. Blade Runner, Runner, obviously. Runner, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was thinking about. No, it's gone. It's another thing, man. Is my memory is not fantastic. So. Uh, Come to the modern, probably. Yes, it certainly will. Well, we've got you know phones are switched off because I'd be googling it and uh, <laughs> telling you, you know. But it does tend to be, I guess, like the music. I mean, who are we talking about? Do you know what? Two thousand and one. Two thousand and one, a space odyssey. Yeah, I'm sorry to be too And uh, sorry, it's very confusing and what like it is an interesting film. Well, I think that it's a metaphysical ending. We see that a lot with science fiction. You know, Ad Astra yeah. uh, uh, and Interstellar. Uh, Contact, Interstellar. Yeah. You know, that the end of the universe we find ourselves seems to be a lot of the messages uh, from science fiction, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I love the idea. I think it's been... been researching a lot there's uh, Sir Roger Penrose who wrote The Emperor's New Mind uh, is really worth a look he's got some really interesting ideas about uh, the structure of the, of, of the brain particularly where consciousness comes from I've been yeah, looking yeah. at where consciousness comes from yeah. and there's some really, some really interesting stuff there uh, oh, yeah, it's de- definitely interesting yeah and I, I so I guess uh, movies with uh, a bit of um, uh, uh, an informative, a new take on the metaphysical is something that I always enjoy. You, and it features a lot in Hollywood, actually. Yeah, There's yeah. loads of Hollywood films it where... It's very interesting. And with Christmas coming, you know. Yeah. Uh, a very interesting place to look at things. Yeah. And then, what did you want for breakfast? Because uh, I know a lot of... Uh, we all love food, so it's always good to hear. My standard breakfast for the last couple of years has been sardines on toast. Uh, and um, I've chopped nice. some tomato, uh, a bit of fresh parsley if we've got some, uh, salt and pepper, uh, 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 on uh, some heavily buttered bread. Right, keep, keep your joints supple. That's it. Uh, omega three, very good. Yeah, very uh, good for you. Uh, and it keeps you going till the next next meal time. You know all that muesli and all that. It just doesn't keep me going. Like rabbit food. <laughs> 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 yeah, I give me a full English any day. 
Yes, there are certainly the sausages going on. So the, the next one's uh, some one word answers. So the hot or cold. Hot. Up or down. Up. Burger or hot dogs. Burger. Mild or spicy. Spicy. Sweet or savoury. Savoury. And uh, have you enjoyed doing Stranded Songs today? I've really enjoyed it. You know, it's really made me think about, uh, obviously, the music and all of that. Uh, uh, in a way, I've not thought about it for, before, really. I've never done one of these things before. Um, yeah. It's really good to hang out with you uh, yeah, and see likewise. see you set up. You know, this is there's a lot of cutting-edge technology going on here, folks, that you can't see uh, yeah. to deliver this podcast uh, that Mark uses perfectly competently. You know, it all works. Uh, it's yeah, great. Other than, other than the technical difficulties. There's always technical difficulties. That's right, yeah. There's always technical difficulties, but I think it's how you solve the problems. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I found that, you know, it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, uh, I, have to have a, I have to have a really big monitor uh, uh, for my editing software, video editing software, because um, uh, the buttons are all really small. Like I'm looking at yours yeah. now. I'll look at the size of some of these controls. They're absolutely tiny. Um, uh, but yeah, you find a way. I want to make films, so I've learned yeah. how to use the software. That's it. Yeah, that's uh, it. Just by doing starts to learn it, doesn't it? Yeah. I've got a lovely project on actually. Going back to you asking me about what projects I'm on. So if we've got time, we've got time for another little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I'm working with a couple of guys who both. Uh, were professional uh, TV makers. Uh, one was one's won a BAFTA uh, as a sound guy. Another guy was a very highly sought after cameraman. Yeah. And they've got unfinished projects. And through various connections, they've come to me to finish off these projects. And that's lovely, you know, to be the person who can use the software and, and help them uh, uh, finally. Well, yeah, it's like it's a bit closer for horses. Yeah, as a car, Gary's got the same one. Yeah, courses for horses, isn't it? Horses for courses. Put, oh, your, put your teeth back yeah, in, mate. Yeah, I'll tell you what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it is, isn't it? Like, they've got it sound on video camera, but not editing as much. Well, but it's the technology. You know, they, it, they, yeah. edited, they edited on a steam bag. You know, they edited on, like, flatbed editors, and, oh, and the guy using space. the camera, he used film. You know, literally, like yeah, film, so and obviously then some, then some video, some tape. They need someone who's digital. Like That's it. it. Yeah. And like, so they would have. They talk about like doing the credits for a TV show. They would send it away and get it back a week later. Yeah, and I'm like, right. and I'm like, I just say, yeah, what what font do you want? <laughs> you know? And I've got eighty fonts for them to choose from. You know? oh, yeah, no, it's like That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's I'm learning that's a lot from them actually I'm learning a lot from them about I, I'd actually I'd, I'd love to learn how to edit analog would you? No, I know it's a lot of work but like when you're cutting it up and sticking it together I think you just want to wield a knife <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm playing with film that's what. <laughs> yeah well I mean there are a lot less goes wrong with analog doesn't it? Like digital, a lot of things do go wrong easier these days. I, yeah, uh, um, like with interference, I mean. Okay. 
Well, you've got to pick your stuff, haven't you? Like, uh, we know, for example, yeah. when we were doing our course, there are sort of three or four different uh, film editing programs that people use. Some of them are wonkier than others. Yeah, and some suit people better. That's it. Um, but this DaVinci Resolve that I'm using is a pretty stable program. Uh, but lots of people are migrating from Adobe Premiere because oh, yeah. it's a bit less predictable. That's what I do with Premiere. With Premiere. And how's, is it good? Is it pretty stable? Yeah, so for me it seems to, but I think it seems to take a lot longer exporting stuff. Whereas other software, it's done in a second. Yeah. I guess... There's a lot more going on, I think, with it. I, I guess the thing I love about these editing programmes is to be able to have a, have an idea and a vision and and just create it you know uh, I mean I do all of it I, I, I do pre-production production and post-production yeah so I've had to learn how to write uh, how to uh, shoot and how to edit um, in order to do all that and I think us knowing how to do all that makes us respect that filmmakers more like I'm never I never get a pirate DVD and always because I've seen how much work goes into it I'm like I don't want to one it's illegal and two the people who make it are good I will not root through your DVD collection to verify that fact <laughs> I'm just going to believe you I'm going to trust you um, I'm not as dodgy as I want <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean this guy uh, John Crumpton uh, who the guy won the BAFTA uh, for work he did on one of the Hillsborough films as a sound guy. Um, he's really teaching me a lot about editing. I mean, that's something, I guess, because you work alone, so, we, so many editors, we work alone. Uh, you know, you to actually get editing lessons, Yeah. you know, uh, is a wonderful thing to be getting. Yeah. I've just got to stay sharp enough, mate. I've got to stay sharp enough into my later old, years to remember how to do all this stuff. Yeah, I think there's 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 older people than us on that course. No, there was no one older than me. I'm telling you. I think he was younger than me. Was it? Maybe he might have been a, might have been a year or two older. Actually, you're right. Possibly. Yeah, it was good to see him, the the doctor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, we'll send messages out to all of them, and we'll we'll yeah, we'll. Try we'll and do some I like that. We'll say, and yeah, we'll go for Wally Range. There's parking. It's not too far from the tram. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not too far from town. Easy enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll put I'll put that out over the weekend. Yeah. Put see what sort of response up. we get. You know, uh, yeah. there's some really talented people on our course, actually. Yeah, they will. Be interesting to see what everyone's up to. So, uh, yeah, till finally it's time. So, send your range, John Dior, Desert Island. So, you've choos- chosen your five songs, which were. After you've gone by Django and Reinhardt, yeah, too much to your about the specials. Marsh, the Marshall Coil, the Mortal Coil, even. This Mortal Coil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, with Song to the Siren. So we have Pink Floyd, Wish You Were and the Stone Rose and the Waterfall. Uh, and now, uh, what, now you can take on what that became a film. So you're choosing them. What, what were you going to take? Well, cheesily enough, I'm going to go for Lord of the Rings. Uh, I loved the books as a teenager. I absolutely loved them. 
I've heard the books about them before, anyway. Do you know what? He changed the bloody ending. And I think that's what changes it from great films to the best films ever made. Because J.R. Tolkien knew what he was doing when he wrote that ending, and he changed it. I won't go into the details now yeah, about what the different endings are. Well, that's it. It's a bit nerdy, a bit fanboy. Um, but I still... Actually, you know, maybe that's when we were talking about what makes a great film coming out of those films. Uh, like the first film. Wow. Exactly. And you really were in Middle Earth. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and and probably, you know, one of the best first great uses of special effects. Uh, Put a lot of money into that, didn't they? Well, you know, the scenes like when, when they're going through across the mountaintops through the snow, you know, you, you've been, oh my God, they're never going to make it. They're never going to make it. Frodo's I mean, never going to get to Mordor. So unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. But the books, I said, so, right, so, uh, I always had in my head a vision of what orcs look like. Yeah. And that piece of imagination has been taken away from people now because of the film. So in the film, there, that is what orcs look like now. They I look like the depiction from the film. Did you? I know he's an ogre, but it's similar. I, I, I can't even remember. I thought I thought they had kind of more leathery wing kind of action, you know. Well, it was different ones, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but they made a noise when they moved, you know, really disturbing. I mean, that... Yeah. There's that... There's a bit in the book where Merry and Pippin get taken by a band of orcs and the orcs don't stop. They run and run and run and run and run. And I was right there with them. I was right there with them reading the books. You know? Uh, And, you know, you can't really argue with the films. They, they, they did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah, yeah, God, I think it's when you've read the book, there's probably think. It's just the ending that I wish... I wish you'd yeah. stuck with the ending in the book. But, yeah, it's a very good book to take because you'll be reading it. It's so long. You'll give you a lot to read. To it's watch, long, but, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, keep you occupied until the ship tells past. Yes. Yes, and I suppose, you know, I'd have something to, some, a lot of paper to burn for the fire. Yeah, <laughs> I needed some cold. kindling. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, so you can also take a watch out and so well, what have you chosen to take? I, I, I can't quite... I don't know how this would work on a desert island and I don't know if it's allowed. Um, but something we've been talking about a lot is editing software. And I think if, I'd, if I had something to film on and a way to edit that footage, yeah. I, I could wait out until the ship arrived. Not happily, but... Yeah, and also, it's a wonderful thing, like, to have done. You know, we can show our work. So when the ship finally came to rescue me, I'd be boring people to death with uh, uh, biopics of the turtle population, you know, natural history films about the plant life of the island. You can make your own words a lot of the rings. (laughs) With me playing every member of the cast. No, I will, I'd be... I'd be co-opting any animals that are around, you know. Yeah, and Dr. Ortiz can be Frodo. Yes. 
like Ray Harryhausen, like yeah. uh, uh, you know, making plastic model, plastic models and stuff. Yeah, yeah very good. Seven voyages of Rafe Con. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, thanks for yeah, joining me today. It's been really good fun. Nice one, man. Got, got a lot of information in there. I think it's been really interesting. Has it? Good. Yeah. I hope it's been interesting for people. Um, yeah, sure it will be. Definitely. It's great to reflect. And and look, when you read out that list of songs then, I thought, that is a cracking bunch, actually. Well, that's a good mix. Yeah. Like, there's, I think, it's not like you could, in, oh, there's all the mix you can remember. I think that's quite a good one to go with. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll just say, if people like Songs of the Siren, the Tim Buckley version, as well as on YouTube, he, he actually appeared on the Monkeys TV show. And just played it live, just him and a guitar. This is why I wanted to play that live version, was because it's just her it's voice and a guitar. Mm. Uh, and the single that they released is quite heavily produced, and yeah. it doesn't need it. It no, really doesn't. Too much. She's got an amazing voice, Liz Fraser. Yeah, it's really too much going on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks for joining me again, then. Well, uh, if anyone else is interested in joining us on Stranded Songs, uh, just give me a shout and then also with the from the penny drop moment. See no. if anyone's got any let us know and we'll yeah, we go get you on. Nice one, Mark. Thanks very much. Bounce FM Stranded Songs. Bounce FM. Bounce FM, wheeling into your ears. Bounce FM. And you were just listening to the standard song with uh, my friend Rafe Khan. Just thought that some really good tunes that he's chosen there and a lot of interesting information. I hope you all enjoyed that. But that, as I said earlier, is not going to be the yeah, final swap shot this week. We just got a song to play us out with. Which, uh, uh, this week, we're going to go out with a bang. So, instead of playing off with a, with a slow song, we're going to play a uh, a dance track so crank your volume up to 11 because uh, this one uh, is best it sounds best when it's loud and it is off the ground by some focus and it's a great tune it's a really good one they actually playing in full blast on the speakers <laughs> the whole ground was shaking it was uh, yeah it's a really good one, so yeah, get your glow sticks out and uh, throw some shapes. Enjoy this track, but before that, I've been DJ Choppers, I'm now signing off. And this has been a bounce of the production on RSS, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Deezer. On your smartphone, on your smart speaker or wherever you choose to listen. Anytime, anywhere. And if I don't see you through the week, 
Oh, see you through the window. Oh, yeah. Get, uh, get your uh, dancing moves out for this next track. Get your sub focus with off the ground. Enjoy this one and see you next week.
caca! <laughs> Bounce FM, we can handle your problems. Can I peg at the door? Don't set that. Really, it's your head. Don't set that. Don't set that.